Hey, what is going on? Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 93 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Before we get to the OTC Player of the Week, uh, how would you like to win a Coldstream Clear Yeti prize pack? Uh, Hopi and I are looking for your support as we are raising money for our East Dance Macedon's men's senior team to compete at the 2022 Canadian Senior Men's Nationals in St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, tickets are $5 each or a book of five for $20. Uh, the prize consists of four cooler insulators, four large cooler mugs, a Yeti 45 hard cooler, 24 Cold Stream watermelon lemonades, 24 Cold Stream blueberry lemonades, and two East Dance Mastodons hats. Uh, if you want to see a pic of it all, I posted it on all of our social media outlets. Again, the tickets are $5 for one or $20 for five, and payments can be e-transferred to OutsideTheShoot at gmail.com, and we will ship the prize anywhere. Uh, the draw date is June 1st, and myself, Hopi, and the entire Mastodon's organization appreciate any support. On to the OTC Player of the Week, and this week we're heading to Oklahoma as University of Kansas commit Ainsley Winduff takes home the weekly honors. Ainsley went 6-for-8 with two doubles, a triple, and seven RBIs last weekend at the Show Me State Invitational in Missouri. Awesome job, Ainsley. Best of luck the rest of the season and all the best at Kansas. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Texas State Bobcats alum, Texas native Randy Hennigan. Randy had an amazing four years at Texas State. She is the career leader in wins, strikeouts, appearances, and innings pitched. She is a two-time All-American, two-time Sunbelt Conference Pitcher of the Year, and a four-time first-team All-Sunbelt Conference winner, and many other accolades as well. We're going to talk to Randy about getting her start in the game in her home state of Texas, the amazing bond between her and her twin sister Sarah, who also played at Texas Tech, her special relationship with the great Cat Osterman, and much, much more. Randy was an absolute treat to chat with. I'm sure you're all going to enjoy hearing her story. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling. Ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes go randy thanks so much for coming on the podcast absolutely thanks for having me how's things going down the great state of texas today hey it's going pretty good it's nice and hot and sunshine in so i cannot complain oh lucky you what's the temperature down there today <laughs> it is 85 today oh wow i'm yeah. so jealous up here in canada <laughs> how cold is it up there what is it to, let me look here let me just check the it is a whopping 43 feels like 37. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and rainy. I'll stay down. Oh, even worse. Yeah. No, I'll stay down here in the South. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm so, I'm so jealous right now. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for summer to arrive. Uh, first off, I gotta, gotta give my congrats on the growing family. Thank you. We are so excited. No we doubt. When's, when's the due date? He is due August 19th. 
August 19th. So Excellent. I get to carry him all the way through June and July, the hottest part oh, of the year. Yeah. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be tough. That'll be tough, but yeah. well worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. You're, you and your husband must be getting pretty excited. Yes. Yes. And he's off playing ball. So he'll get, be able to come home whenever I go into delivery, but he will be away until then. So that's been an adjustment, but like mm. I said, we're super excited and looking forward to it. No so. doubt. No doubt. Now you, your husband, Johnson, he plays pro ball in the, in the Phillies organization. Is that right? He is. He's in AAA with the Phillies. So he's up in Pennsylvania right now playing. Oh, nice. Nice. How's their, how's their season going? They're off to a little rocky start. He's done pretty well his last couple of outings, but like you said, it's snowing and cold up there right now. So. Yeah. Oh, that that'd be tough. It's, well, he's a he's a pitcher, correct? Yes, he's a left-handed reliever. Yes, yes, that'd be. It's not. See, it's one thing to you know play play in the uh, in the cold weather, but to be a pitcher, it's a, it's a different element because you got to get yourself warm, and that, it's always a tough job. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, you know, cause I'm so used to playing in the middle of the summer now. That's right. So he said the other day he was throwing and snowflakes are flying in his face. He couldn't feel his fingers or his toes. And I'm like, Hmm, that sounds rough. Oh man, that, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. Uh, Randy, we have a little thing that, uh, we like to start the podcast with, uh, I call it quick pitches. I'm going to, okay. uh, I'm going to throw out some random questions to you. And uh, you answer them as best you can. <laughs> All right. All right. First one. Uh, if you had to live off one food for a week, what would it be? Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I love donuts. Spe- it's not just a pregnant thing either. Oh, yeah. I've loved them. Okay. Any specific <laughs> one or? Oh, nope. All of them. All of them. That's awesome. Uh, I I always, I ask that question to every guest I have on here and it's funny. Like it, it's so crazy. The random things I get, like, you know, I'll get, you know, steak or hamburgers or donuts is the first one. I first time I heard that. (laughs) I have the biggest sweet tooth. So anything Uh, sweet, I'm good. Right on, right on. Uh, Next one. Biggest thing you miss at Texas state. Um, probably throwing to my sister. Mm, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who was your toughest out in college ball? Um, anybody from ULL. <laughs> well, yeah, they had a yeah. few few good hitters. Uh, yeah, yeah, one through nine. Uh, yeah. Any of them can hit a home run. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. yeah, they're a tough lineup to throw to. Yeah. Uh, who? Oh, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would it be? I've been wanting to go anywhere tropical. Um, so I guess this warm weather has me feeling any beachy Hawaii, um, the Caribbean, somewhere on a beach. Nice. Perfect. I'm, I'm all with you on that one. I love, yeah. I, I love the tropics. Yes. Uh, what was the coolest thing about playing in AU? Uh, I'll have to go with being able to play with Kat. Um, that's mm. been an great experience and I never would have thought it would happen. So I think being able to do that with her for two years was um, an experience that, you know, I loved. So it was really cool. Right on. I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely be talking about Kat a little more mm-hmm. later on. But uh, next one, uh, if you could go back and play one game over again, what one is it? I'd probably say the very first game opening weekend of my freshman year 
obviously it was a rough game for me, but I think just knowing what I know now and the mature, how I'm more mature than I was my freshman year, I think I would have handled a lot of stuff differently. So um, I think I ended up giving up like seven home runs that game. So I could go back and redo that one. I think it would be, would be that game. Now, now that, that game there, was that prior to, was that in the fall? No, that was opening weekend in the spring. Oh, that's weird. I looked yeah. up your the opening game that that year, and I thought you you got a win over Sam Houston State. In that okay, game. maybe it was it was against Pitt, so maybe it wasn't the first. Oh, game. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. It was yeah. that opening weekend. You're right. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we're going to talk about that first game there later on. <laughs> okay. Uh, two more here. Two more. Uh, what's the best thing about living in Texas? I would say um, the Southern hospitality and sweet tea. Nice. Nice. I've always, I, I once had the opportunity to go to Texas, but I didn't make it. I was supposed to play in a ball tournament down there in San Antonio. This would have been 2009, but a family matter come up and I wasn't able to go down and, and play. And I'm still kicking myself that I still want to get to Texas because, you know, I've had a few of a few of my friends that have made it down there and they say it's, it's fantastic. Yes, you need to make a trip. Yeah, I I hear the 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 steakhouses are the are the are the place to go. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. Any of them, they're all good. Right on, right on. Uh, last one. Who's the more competitive one? You or your husband? Definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. It's funny Even though when he's playing, I'm always like, "You got to do better. You got to throw strikes. You got to do this." He's like, "Okay, I'm the one throughout pitching. You're not playing anymore. You're retired." <laughs> but I guess more since I am retired, it makes me even more competitive for him. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's just a mentality of like I'm a pitcher myself as well, and I think okay. it, you know we're competitive as all get out, aren't we? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. With anything, card games, yes. um, sport, I mean, anything. I w- always want to win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's why I had to ask that question because I know you're both pitchers. So I, I was like, oh, that mentality right there, both of them combined, yes. that'd, be, that'd be a good dynamic right there. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's, uh, let's get on to your career. Uh, you know, I asked this with all my guests. Uh, tell us when and where you got your start in the game. Oh, back in the I day. Think I, yeah, like a long time. Gosh, it's been a while. Um, but of course, when I was in 10 years starting out, uh, you know, it's that was a rough year for, for me. It's when I first started pitching and they handed me the ball and I tell the story all the time, but I don't think I made it out of one single inning. I never got three outs my whole first year of 10 pitching. So looking back at it now, I'm like, I've definitely come a long way. And I'm glad I stuck with it. But that first year was brutal. It was tough. I'm glad. And I'm kind of surprised that I stuck with it after that, that first year, but you know, college is great. And even my high school, um, career was I played with a great group of girls and uh so I think that's kind of where it started for me um back in high school just because I was surrounded by um athletes and competitors and so I kind of grew up and then when I got to school at Texas State it um it kind of prepared me for that opportunity right on so did you have a love for the game right off the get-go or you know did that come over time that definitely came over time. Um, you know, my sister and I were super shy when we were young. And so my mom kind of just threw us into it. 
um, just to get us out of our shell and to meet new people. And we were terrified of the umpires. We did not like him. <laughs> and so we were like both grabbed, latched onto my mom's legs and she would have to go out on the field with us. But of course it started at a young age of us playing. And then um, I think we got pretty serious about it probably in 12U mm. um, where we are starting playing competitively and, and tournament ball and doing all of that. And of course the lessons and stuff. And then from there, I think it's kind of where, when it took off for us. Right. So is that how Sarah became a catcher? Was you learning your craft, like trying to, trying to learn Funny to pitch? Funny story. <laughs> Um, so both of us actually started in pitching. So my mom signed us up for our very first pitching lesson. And my mom said, if, you know, if we're going to do this, you guys, you're going to practice when you get home. You're not just practicing at your lesson. You're going to come home and practice. And so we were all for it. And we went to our first pitching lesson and Sarah hated it. She did not like it at all. She did not want to get in the yard and practice pitching. So my mom said, well, that's fine. You don't have to be a pitcher, but because you're out here, you're going to get down there and you're going to catch your sister. And then they just stuck the rest of history. So oh, that's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. I figured, yeah. I figured it had to be something around like it's, you know, you, you, you catch for so many years together and it's just mm -hmm. a, inevitable that that would happen. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You're I mean, we're both out there together. So mom's like, well, let's just make it work and make it easier on me. So you get down there and, and you catch your sister for a while. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So I met, she probably took her, uh, her licks and bruises growing up from you. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And if I would make a bad throw or not hit my spot, she would get up and chunk the ball as hard as she could at me back. <laughs> and yeah, so we've definitely had our fights out there in the circle, but you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, who were some of the people on your way up, uh, you know, that would have played a big role in your development? Of course, my parents, uh, my mom was more the competitor. And so she pushed us and was super hard on us. And my dad was kind of the one that, you know, we ran to if we were upset or, or mom yelled at us too much. And he was the one to kind of pick us up and tell us that, you know, we still did good, even though we went over four and I gave up four home runs. He was there to pick us up. And so it was a good balance for us. And, um, and then growing up, you know, I had a a girl I looked up to who actually played at my high school and she was a pitcher and I was probably in, in fifth or sixth grade when she was um, in high school. And then she ended up going to Texas state. Her name's Chandler Hall. And I looked up to her um, as just far as pitching goes. Um, and so she was a big mentor in my life. And I went to Texas state to watch her play and ended up falling in love with the campus and, and told my mom, I wanted to be out there one day. And, and I was super young at that age. And so never would I would have thought that that would have been where I ended up, but, um, you know, I always enjoyed watching Chandler pitch and, um, and so, uh, she's got a big part of, of why I went to Texas state and why I wanted to be a pitcher and that kind of stuff. And so, um, that was really cool to be able to kind of make the full circle there, um, and ended up playing at Texas state. Right. Well, that's a great segue into, into the next question. Uh, so when did the thought of, you know, I could go to college and get my education through softball coming to play for you. We were actually in back when we were in middle school, you, you know, you could still get recruited while you were that young. And so I actually played for um, a tournament team that Chandler's dad had coached and um, we picked up with them for a summer. And I, that is the most 
softball that I have ever learned as far as the middle game goes. Mm. Um, and then I think I was probably in seventh grade and my parents had asked, you know, is this something that we want to pursue post high school and, you know, maybe get a scholarship. And so, um, I think that's when it clicked that, you know, maybe we can be really good at this. Um, and then, so when we were in middle school, that's when the recruit recruiting started for us. And, you know, of course you go to these camps and clinics and get stuff in the mail and, um, and so that was really cool. Of course, we were like 12 or 13 and, you know, didn't really know what to think or where we wanted to go. But we did sit down and decide, Sarah and I both, that we wanted to go together. So if there was a school that was just inter- interested in one of us, uh, but not the other, that we were not interested in going. And so we did have to turn a couple of schools down because one was in- interested in one and the other one, you know, they weren't so much interested in. And so, um, but you know, we were always a package deal from the very beginning. Um, and so then I think it was our freshman year when we actually got to go on a visit at Texas state. Um, and so that was really cool and we really enjoyed getting to go out there and do that. But like I said, it was at a super young age. And so Mm -hmm. that was really tough trying to navigate through. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they have changed that role and you have to be, you know, a little bit older to go through that. Yeah. I mean, that, like back then, like committing at such a young age, I mean, that, that's just, that, that just sounds silly to me. I mean, cause really right. what do you know, <laughs> you know, when you're that, when you're that young, like, I Absolutely. mean, I feel like you're like, they're influencing you, you know, to commit back yes. then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So actually I have a question. I had, uh, one of my questions was, were you and Sarah always a package deal? And you answered that for me. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, so Texas state were like, yes, we absolutely want both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And that was from the beginning. Um, you know, and even when we talked, we were um, on a select team and our coach for that tournament team, he did a lot of the talking to the coaches for us, you know? And so he kind of threw that out there to all the coaches that were, asking about Sarah and I. And, um, and so I appreciate that because we didn't have to go through certain, um, roads for, that would be a waste of time essentially once they figured out that, you know, if, if they didn't want both of us, then, you know, we weren't coming. So, um, just from the beginning, that was one big thing that we wanted to let our coach know so we could let the other coaches know, um, because we were super close and we still are super close. So we definitely wanted to do this experience together. Right on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what's the first thing uh, you remember most when you arrived on campus as a freshman? Very overwhelmed. Yeah. (laughs) Very overwhelmed. Um, There was a big group of us my freshman year that came in together. Um, And so when we were in high school, we would go to these camps at Texas State during the summer and stuff. Um, We would already know the girls that were committed that would be going to Texas state with us. And so I think that that's incredible. And I think they Mm. still do that today. So you're able to get to know these girls and text them and keep up with them on social media before you arrive. So it's almost like you know them before you actually really do know them. Oh, that's going to help a lot. I think that was a big, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So I think that was a big, a big help. Whenever we do arrive and mom and dad leave, it's like, you've got a big group of girls, teammates that you get to hang out with to kind of make that um, transition a little bit better. Not that it's easy. um, But I think once you have, you know, I had Sarah, of course, and so that made it sometimes better, but you have your teammates that 
you know, are able that are in the same shoes you are trying to figure it out. And so I think that's a big help, but it is overwhelming. Um, you know, at first just being away from home and doing stuff on your own, Mm. but I think coach Woodard and, and Kat and, and Kelly Crutchman at the time, I think they do a good job at making sure that you're okay. And if you need something that, you know, you can always ask and, and go to them, but it's tough. It's tough, oh, especially yeah. when you're 18 and 19 and being, you know, we were only three hours from home, but still it's not, you know, just yeah. a 10 minute drive. It's, yeah. it's a little bit of a road trip. So, but it was good. It was good. It was good for us. A big growing moment. Yeah. What, what was campus life like? Um, it's very hilly and very big. So whenever we get there, um, the upperclassmen, they kind of, we set a day aside and they take us through and show us the ropes for class, you know, because when you get there, you don't know where anything yeah. is. You don't know where <laughs> class is. And then you're having to go, you know, class to class under five minutes or so. And so uh, at Texas State, we always made sure. And, and when we got there, they did it for us that they show us where our buildings are and our classes are and where food is. And, you know, so they show us the campus, which made it 10 times easier trying to um, figure out where to go that first day of school. So <laughs> I think we, we did a lot of team building stuff too, when we first got there. So it's not like we spent a lot of time by ourselves, which was great too. Right on, right on. Now they have a, like uh, obviously football is big in Texas. <laughs> so, yes. So yes, it is. Did, did, like what was, uh, you know, what, what was the typical football game day? Like at Texas state. So whenever I was there, um, we, they did a huge tailgate, um, right outside the softball field next to the football stadium. And so we would always go and, and go and tailgate and hang out and eat. Nice. Um, and then I, I will say that whenever I was in school, the Texas State football team was not very good. So whenever we would spend more time at the tailgate hanging out with our friends, <laughs> then we would actually go to the game. So I say that I have never sat through a whole Texas State football game before. So I, I know that's hard to admit, but uh, it was rough to watch there for a little. We always went for a little while, but we never stayed very long. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, team. I'm out in tailgating. Yes. yes, we're hanging out and eating out here. Yeah, with our friends. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Uh, now I ask this with all my guests that have played NCAA. Uh, do you remember your first ever game with the Bobcats? Now I brought it up a little earlier on. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one against Sam Houston State? Yes, um, and I think it went really well. I remember being super nervous um obviously um but i know that we met with brian kane and i think that a lot of stuff mentally clicked for me whenever we talked mental uh mm -hmm. with the mental coach and brian kane came in and we did a whole several days with him to set up and i remember vividly more of a routine because sometimes i would forget to breathe out there on the mound because i was so nervous <laughs> trying to okay next pitch go to the next pitch hurt you know yeah. so i would like almost try and go so fast but i remember and i still you know do this when I was playing up until this past year and now I teach it to the kids that I work with is just have a routine because, you know, whenever you're so caught up in the nerves and the butterflies and that kind of stuff, you forget about that routine where that's the whole reason of a routine. And mm -hmm. so Brian Kane's a big part of why I still remember that and why it worked for me is 
you know, to have that routine because the nerves and the jitters are going to happen, especially when you're a freshman and thrown yeah. into the fire a little bit. Oh, absolutely. So, um, but other than that, I just remember that I was like, would not, I would skip a couple of breaths. I would not hold my breath maybe and just super nervous. But I think it, I think the game went really well from what I remember. I can tell you, you won six, one, you threw a complete game four hitter, no earned runs, seven Ks. And here was the biggest thing that, I was impressed with no walks. Uh-huh. Like, okay, come on. Not too bad. <laughs> like freshman, like that's <laughs> not too shabby. You know, it's one thing, you know, to throw a four hitter with seven Ks, but you know, as a freshman in your first game, no walks, like that's yeah. pretty impressive. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I think it kind of, the, the, the weekend kind of was like a s- little snowball effect. Cause I remember it was rough, but I'll take the start. I'll yes. Take the Houston game. <laughs> and then, and then things kind of went downhill for a little bit there for they a couple did. days. <laughs> they did. And it's crazy because I remember more of the downhill games than I do this. I completely forgot about the Sam Houston game, but, but that's, that's a- just what sticks with me is, yeah. you know, the struggles that I had that opening weekend, but it's something that Kat and I talked about for a while. I mean, several years down the road, hmm. we would always bring that um, situation up. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, those, the games that, you know, you get blown out. Those are the, those are the learning lesson ones, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, speaking of Kat, like what you, you arrived there. What was it like having Kat Osman on the coach staff, you know, as a pitcher, that had to be amazing. Yeah, it was a, it was literally a dream come true. Whenever I was, uh, I think I was eight, maybe eight or nine. I remember we went and watched the Olympic team there and they played near um, Houston. And so we went down there and watched. And I remember I got to meet her for the first time and I was just, you know, big eyes, got to take a picture with her, got her autograph and, you know, here we are 10 or so years later down the road, I'm getting to play for her. And so I remember, so when I committed to Texas eight and I signed with them, Kat was not a coach there. So she had joined the staff that summer, right before I had come in. So I didn't choose Texas eight to play for Kat. She was not there in the picture yet when I was getting recruited, but I remember that summer right before going down to San Marcos, I received, I guess I saw the news on social media and then maybe a couple of days later, she had texted me and I, I just, I remember waking up to her message in my phone and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> oh, I just yeah. received a text from Cal Osterman. How cool is that? Yeah. But, uh, you know, looking back and I say this time and time again is I did not see, I remember sitting in um, the weight room my freshman year telling myself, I cannot do this for four years. There is no way I'm going to make it. And then looking back, you know, I thrived and I did so well. And, um, and then I wanted to play post um, college and I owe most of that to Kat for one, just believing in me and, and buying into me and, and just pouring so much into me. And like, she'll say this too, as I was just a sponge. I mean, you have the best picture in the world trying to coach you. Why not soak every bit of it in? And I think, you know, I had that open mind going into it that I was going to learn and just do whatever she asked because I trusted that it was going to work for me. And, mm-hmm. and it did. And, um, and so that's what I tell kids all the time is, you know, you have to trust and, and believe that what your coach is telling you is going to work and buy into that. And that was coach Woodard's whole 
thing while we were at Texas State is to to buy into the process because you can't be halfway in and halfway out. And mm-hmm. so I think that I was all ears and all eyes my four years. And even in Athletes Unlimited, you know, she would still pull me aside and we would have, you know, some of those conversations. But um, she's definitely the reason why, you know, I uh, continue to play pro and and I owe a lot to her. And I'm super thankful for getting to play for her at Texas State for my four years and then getting to play alongside her for two years in Athletes Unlimited. So she holds a special place in my heart still to this day. So we're super close and um, she's somebody that I'm still, you know, will always be super thankful for for all she did for me and, and through this whole process. That's awesome. That's actually, I got a, I got a little funny cat Osterman story. Uh, of course <laughs> I had her on the, on the podcast and, uh, I sent her like, this was back. We've been on for almost two years now. And mm-hmm. I sent her a message probably about two months after I started doing this. And, you know, okay. I, I just threw it out there. It's one of those, you know, throw your shot up and hope. <laughs> so anyway, it was about a month later. She responded and said, Hey Randy, I'd, I'd love to come on. And yeah. I freaked out. <laughs> my, I was my my wife. I was like, I said to my wife, I was like, Kat Osterman said she'd come on the podcast, and she's like, Are you okay? Like, <laughs> and I was like freaking right out. And then, uh, and I've never been so nervous doing a podcast. <laughs> and to this day, I'm still so grateful that Kat come on. And and you know, it's something that I'm always gonna. Uh, I'm always going to remember for the rest of my life. So, I mean, she's awesome. Yes, absolutely. She is. She's a great person. Yeah. Yeah. What was the best piece of advice she ever gave you? Uh, back to that opening weekend, um, you know, where I was in tears after opening weekend, I'm like, this is going to be a long four years. And so, but she just would always relate herself back. Like, of course she's great and she's really good at what she does. And, you know, but when you think of her, you don't think of the struggles. And Mm -hmm. so she just, I remember her sitting me down and just saying, if I, if you want to want me to be honest with you, go pull up my first game, my freshman year in college, I struggle too. And so it's able, you know, and once she says that you're able just to relate even more, like even the best pitcher in the world, she still went through what I'm going through right now. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be okay, Mm. but it's not just, she tells, you know, all her great stories. Like, you know, it's more of making sure that she's relating to you and, and just more on a personal level and not so much. Yes, I did this, this, and this, and I got this accolade and that kind of stuff, but it's more of, well, if Kat struggles and she made it out, all right, pretty dang good. Like I know that I'm going to be okay and I'm going to trust and keep working to get better. Um, you know, and this is not the end for me and it's not going to keep going downhill. Um, and so, and that was right off the bat. I mean, that was right. The first, first part of my career, um, in college. And so I think that kind of set the tone for me and for me buying it, really buying into, um, you know, what she's coaching and teaching and, and not being, well, she's just the best and she Mm -hmm. doesn't ever fail. Um, you know, and she was able to relate more uh, personal level there. Right. Right. Now you go on to have four amazing years at Texas state setting numerous school records. Uh, what's some of the memories uh, on your time there that stick out for you? The biggest one for me is my senior year um, in us not only winning conference, but winning the conference tournament. And I just think that goes to show just what we did as a senior class for four years to that program is, 
no, it was not easy, but we always knew that playing ULL was going to be tough and it was going to be a challenge, but we never just caved in and just, we always made them earn it. And I think, you know, that whole year, our senior year, it was more of, we're going to win conference. We're going to win conference tournament. Um, we're going to beat ULL, um, you know, and so we were always striving just to do what we needed to do for the program um, because we sat down our freshman year and kind of decided that we wanted to leave the program better than what it was when we got there. And so um, I think that was just a true testament to what we did for four years. You know, it's not like we just showed up and we were good. I mean, we had to pour blood, sweat, tears into that and and really trust each other and trust the coaching staff. Um, and so that was just, you know, a great ending to, um, our group for four years that we did with that program. And, um, and so I'm super thankful for the girls that were bought in with me and we were able to grind it out together, but also being able to go into postseason. Um, my sophomore year was a great, a great achievement and a great opportunity to experience as an underclassman. Because, uh, you know, for the next three years, we were able to go into postseason and get, you know, two automatic bids or one automatic bid our senior year. But then, you know, the first years, it was more of, you know, making sure we were selected because we didn't win conference. And so, um, you know, but it was a great, great learning opportunity and just kind of proved ourselves that whenever you put in some hard work, it will pay off. And um, and so we had a great ending to our college career for the seniors um, that I got to graduate with. Right. I wanted to ask about that, uh, that senior year with the championship game against the conference one against Louisiana five mm-hmm. to win. I mean, uh, that must rank up there as, you know, one of your, one of your highlights of your career. Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah. It was always a, a close game when we played, um, ULL for the most part. Um, you know, and it was always uh, just trying to make sure that we scored more runs than they did because they were going to put runs on the board and they're a great offensive group. Um, but I also super enjoyed playing Texas. We played them two times in the fall sometimes and in the spring. So we played them quite a bit just being so close and it turned into a little rivalry for us because, mm. you know, they were close games for most of the times that we played each other. And so I enjoyed playing them as well. And having Cat on our side while we played was, you know, All right. Bit, right. Yeah. What was that like? So, um, that must've been weird really, for her. Really <laughs> I'm sure it was. I mean, she got to do the coin, the, um, uh, meet the, coach or right. coach Clark at the batter's box and our at home plate and all of that. So I'm sure it was really cool for her and being able to be back and, you know, at McCombs field and mm. stuff. So, but it was cool. Oh, I never even thought that like now that you've mentioned that, I was like, Oh wow, that'd be, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> no. So you go on to uh, be drafted fourth overall in the 2018 MPF draft by Cleveland. Uh, how cool of a moment was that for you? That was really, really neat. Um, we got to have a watch party um, actually at Cat's house, and the whole, the team was there, and the coaches were there, and some of the our friends um, in San Marcos they got to come and watch, and it was just really cool. Just me being surrounded by my teammates who were always so supportive of me, and um, and you know, just to see how they how excited they were for me, um, you know, it was just a special moment, and being able to be there in front of them and. 
um, and getting to see my name being called up on the TV and then my face being up there. Um, it was really, really cool and a, a, a moment I'll remember for a very long time. No doubt. What can you tell us about your time in Cleveland? It was interesting. <laughs> um, it was very, and what a lot of people don't know is I, the Cleveland Comets was partnered with the China national team. I was going to ask you so, about that. Yes. Uh, so there was, I think, maybe five or six of us Americans, and then the rest were from China. Um, and they did, spoke very little English. And um, so there was a little bit of a language barrier there. We had some uh, some disagreements as far as softball goes. Um, I think they're a little behind in China. Right. And, you know, I think that's why they come over to the States to play is to, you know, get better and, and improve. And they were trying to prepare for the Olympics as well. And um, we had translators, but it was still tough for that. And, um, and so, and then you're playing almost every day for two and a half months. And so, not only was it an adjustment as that, but then I go from being with my sister every step of my journey to flying out to Cleveland, being completely by myself, um, playing the best of the best, trying to adjust. Mm. Um, so it was an adjustment, but you know, like I was saying about my freshman year in college, I think this was a huge growing learning moment for me that I absolutely needed. Um, cause obviously Sarah and I are going to, we went our separate ways eventually. Mm. Um, you know, and it's, um, you know, trying to, to navigate by myself, um, which was great for me. And then the second year with Cleveland, we were with the Mexico national team, which was a great experience. Um, most of the, of those girls live here in the States and played for yeah. universities here in the States. And so, you know, I had a great experience with them and they're a great group of girls, a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, but you know, it was, it was a little rough and a little eye opening my first year. Um, and I'm going from playing all spring to taking two weeks off and then going to play all summer Why I've never done that Oof. so much softball back to back. And so, but it was good. It was a great experience for me. And I'm so glad the MPF gave me that opportunity to continue playing past college. Yeah. One of my ne actually next question you said about Sarah not being there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was it weird not throwing to Sarah, like throwing to a totally different catcher? It's yes, it's an adjustment. And what some people don't know is my senior year of college, um, Sarah had rotator cuff surgery or the summer before. So she actually did not play but a couple of games our senior year. Uh, so I had yes. to make some of that, that adjustment my senior year. Right, right. Um, which was once again really good for me because I go from ever since I was in tenue growing up through high school and, and even in the first couple of years of my college career throwing to Sarah almost every game. Mm. So it was good for me to, you know, where Sarah and I would throw a lot of stuff just clicks and she does certain says certain things or, you know, and it's just almost like twin telepathy there. Yes. Whereas I actually have to communicate with my new catcher and the person whoever I'm throwing to um, rather than it not clicking so easy. So making sure we're still communicating, um, whether it's after every inning, um, after certain pitches, you know, whatever it may be. And so that was good for me. But then I go to where I know the, the catcher that I'm throwing to, 
But then I go to the NPF where I don't know any of them. So it's me trying to connect on a personal level, connect, you know, on a pitcher catcher level. I'm just making sure we're in sync. So I struggled with that big time. And and something else that was hard is Sarah knew what worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and me not having to think so much on the mound where, and then I had Kat who would call the, the game. Then I get into the NPF and I'm having to call my own game. And so that was another struggle that I struggled with pretty much my whole pro career. I struggled. I got better at it this past year at Athletes Unlimited, yeah. but it was just hard for me to think what I wanted to throw and I needed to pay attention you know, to what the hitter did the previous at bat. Whereas, yeah. you know, in college, Kat had all that stuff written down. Mm. And so she knew what, what she thought was going to get the hitter out where I would have to take more mental notes. And I remember actually sitting down in the dugout, jotting down my own notes in like a journal because I needed to remember that stuff, but it's just me growing and figuring that stuff out by myself. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's funny that you said that. It, it still blows me away. Like you're saying, Cat Osterman's calling my game for my whole whole college. Year. Like that's just that's. I guess Not I guess I'll trust her. To say that. I guess yeah, I'll trust absolutely. her. <laughs> that's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Not a lot of people get to say that. So no. now, your first year in Cleveland was your catcher American or Chinese? Uh, she was American. Oh, okay. So- we had um, most. I think there had to be like uh, six of the players on the field had to be from the China national team, mm-hmm. and I think that was just an agreement that China and the Cleveland group decided on. So, but most of the time, the pitcher and the catcher were American. Oh, okay. There was usually one other infielder on the field that was American, but for the most part, that it was the China national team out there on the field with you. Man, that so, would be so weird. It's, you know, it was tough. Communication level would be. Yes. Just, oh, I can even imagine. Yes. <laughs> it was tough. But I will say I'm super grateful and thankful for getting to experience, yeah. you know, their culture and the way that they play softball and what they think about. And that was really cool. And getting right. to travel with them and seeing what they thought was cool or, or the things that they would buy compared to what we, you know, yeah. it was really cool getting to experience that. Um, you know, yeah. so I, I'm super grateful for that and being able to, to experience that with them. Right on, right on. Now the pandemic hits in 2020. Uh, did you think your time was done then or, or were you, were you still holding out hope that, you know, something was definitely going to come along? Or the pandemic would end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I did not think that the pandemic would go, you know, that long. But I remember I was with Jonathan actually in spring training back in March. So I was with him before COVID hit. And then whenever COVID hit, him and I came home together. So I was up there with him and I had actually signed um, again with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I was knew I was going to go back and play in the summer with them. Um, Of course, it didn't happen like that. But while I was up there, I also, Athletes Unlimited had reached out to me and kind of thrown out their pitch and what they were about. Um, And so that's whenever it first started. So I knew I was going to go back and play. I didn't know exactly what that would look like or when that would be. But um, I knew I was going to play for the NPF and for Athletes Unlimited. Um, and I had sent everything to Kat and, and asked her opinion on it and what she thought about it and the questions I needed to ask and stuff. But um, I knew I was going to go back and play, but I did not know, you know, when that may be. Right. Um, and then um, we just, 
of course, COVID hits and it looks a little bit different. The MPF ends up getting canceled, um, but then Athletes Unlimited still happens. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So Athletes Unlimited comes along. I mean, <laughs> I rave about it all the time on here. Like I abs- I loved Athletes. I still love Athletes Unlimited. How exciting was it for you? Like, you know, getting there and then, and then actually experiencing it. Um, they did a great job. Like I don't have any complaints with the way that they did things. And I think that, you know, their strategy and the way that they are work, I think it's really unique and really cool. I love that it's more player based. Um, and the players get to make the decision where in the NPF, I don't, I don't think that, that a player's got a lot of say so. Right. Um, and so, uh, like I said, Athletes Unlimited was great. And I'm super, super glad that I got the opportunity. And I kind of was iffy about it at first just because it's a new venture and you didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, but the way it played out, it was definitely uh, exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I think the, the whole draft thing, uh, when uh, I'm just one of those guys that loves drafts. And for, the, for there to be a one every single week. I thought that was the coolest thing in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I liked because you got to play with everybody. Exactly. So that was really cool. Exactly. Now, did you know going into last season, it was going to be your last? Um, no, I did not. I didn't hear back from Athletes Unlimited until uh, probably a month before season started. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was with the Olympics team back in February and I would train with them and get to play a couple games with them, which was really, really cool. And, um, so I did that for February, March and April. And then, um, and then, okay. So then June and July hit and I still hadn't heard back from athletes unlimited. So I remember I had a conversation with Kat and, uh, saying, I'm so glad that I got to play and train with USA. And if I don't hear about Athletes Unlimited, I would be completely okay with hanging it up and retiring. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of kept her in the loop with things. And I think, I don't know, a couple of days later, it wasn't very long after I had this conversation with her, I heard somebody from Athletes Unlimited had reached back out to me and mm-hmm. asked if I would come back for season two. Right. So at that moment... I knew that it would be my last season just because I was okay with before yep. hanging it up. And, you know, and so Jonathan and I also spend a ton of time away from each other and I wanted to be able to travel with him more mm-hmm. and just be more present and with him and, and I'll get to experience the MLB and, and that kind of stuff with him. And, you know, and so I think it was the me realizing that, if I didn't hear back from Athletes Unlimited, that I would be okay with being done. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just felt like my heart wasn't in it, you know, as much. And then I'm so glad that I went back for the second season because I think I was able to end on my terms right. and not wait for somebody else to, you know, decide whether or not I was going to continue to play. And I really, really enjoyed it, but I made sure going into it that I was going to soak it up and enjoy every moment and not worry about, how well I did and wins and yep. hit, how many hits I gave up or, you know, just the small stuff. And, yeah. um, and so I didn't really announce it that this was going to be my last season. Um, of course there were some people that knew 
at Athletes Unlimited, my, of course, my family knew, but um, there, and then the, at the end is when I finally announced it, just because I wanted to be a hundred percent sure yeah. that this was going to be it. I didn't want to announce it and then come back and say, "Well, I think I want to go back for another season." Yeah. So I just wanted to, <laughs> to make up my mind, you know, before I I did announce it. So, um, but it was a great ending, and like I said, Athletes Limited was a great experience, and I'm so glad that I got to be just a small part of the new venture. And, and I think that it's paving a great way for professional softball and professional sports in general and for women mm-hmm. um, in the future. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Randy, we have a little thing I like to end the, the podcast with. I call it the player association. I'm going to, uh, okay. I'm going to throw a few names to you. And if you have a good story about them, let her fly. Anything you want to say, it's up to you. <laughs> so okay. first one on the, on the docket here is uh, coach Ricky Warder. Oh, yes. I just, for Coach Woodard, uh, she just holds a special place in my heart just because just she believed in me from the very beginning and, and gave us a chance. Um, and I think that she's molded me into not only the player, but the person that I am today. The decisions that I make, um, I learned and um she has a big part as to, to why, you know, I roll the way I do now is in my adulthood, I guess you could say, but, um, it's her program is not just about winning championships. Her program is more about making sure that we are prepared and we are going to be good moms and good wives and good young ladies when we get out of the softball world. And so I think that she just puts way more to life than just being good softball players. And I'm super thankful for that. And, um, I love her a lot and I still keep her in the loop and I hear from her often. And so she's been a big role model, um, not only in soft, my softball career, but also my, my everyday regular life. Awesome. Uh, two more here, uh, Ariel Ortiz. No, yes. Big girls, what we call each other. So, um, Ariel was one that came in as course with, um, as, as freshmen and we played four years together and not only is she a phenomenal softball player, but she, um, was one of our best friends in college and still to this day, you know, she's a, one of our people. And so I'm super thankful for the relationship that we built. Um, and fun fact is there was only, there was seven of us who started at Texas state as freshmen in our class. And it was only me, Sarah and Ariel who, lasted the full four years together. And wow. so we grinded it out together and, and we uh, definitely left our mark um, on that program. And so she's somebody else that holds a special place in my heart. Awesome. Awesome. And last, but certainly not least, uh, Sarah Rupp. <laughs> yes, yes. We've had a great, a great career together and um, some fights along the way, but I'm super thankful for the person and the sister that she is, you know, as a catcher, you don't get a lot of recognition. It's more about, you know, how well the pitcher's doing. And Sarah, a lot of people don't see it, but Sarah busted her butt, if not harder than I did, um, you know, behind the plate. And I was the one that got the recognition for that. And Sarah never once complained or was selfish about it. She always, you know, congratulated me and just told me how proud she was of me. But in reality, she's the one that was putting in most of the work behind the plate. So um, I'm just super proud with the way that she handled a lot of that stuff. And that just that's just a true testament to the person she is. And 
super thankful I get to call her my sister. Oh, that's awesome. Great way to end it. Well, Randy, this has been awesome. Uh, I got to thank you so much for coming on and, and, you know, telling your story. Well, thank you again for having me. I've enjoyed it. And like I said, thanks for reaching out and asking me to be a part of it. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure life's going to get pretty busy for you after August. Uh, so, you know, all the best to you, Jonathan and baby boy. I can't wait. Can't wait to see the pics. Yes. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care, Randy. All right. You too. But my actions being very loud My mama's very right away I made him hear me out I said I do this till I was carried out Till I'm in the cemetery buried I'm running the necessary routes All I wanted was appreciation From the ones that I appreciated Nothing sophisticated And all I ever needed was financial security To make sure that this music wouldn't murder me I grew up on Snoop Dogg and put a premiere The music with them both So I feel like the goal's fulfilled Invested every dollar saved The music for real Put it all in real estate and stock And it's Steadily builds. Now my family is good, so the goals change, roles change. I'm looking at it different now with old age. Time used to move slow, now flies fast. You can always get your money, but can never get your time back. I be stuck in my ways, got me feeling somewhere. Never change for a thing, yeah, you got it. Ain't got no one to blame, cause I ride my own way. Had to find my own way, yeah, you got it. Buzzing like it used to be. I see these other guys are racking, I'm more using me. I used to have that attitude, like let me prove my peace. Now I'm like it's cool with me. Maybe I'm just too fatigued. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.